Welcome to The Forecast. I'm Karen Dow. I'm Cheryl Song. Here, we interview Canada's most prominent real estate minds on a professional and personal level. From the fancy stuff like how they made their fortune to the rough stuff like how they survived the recession and layoffs. We'll also go over market insight, career tips, investment opportunities, and their personal stories. Now, let's begin. Today, we have Lindsay Brand here with us. She is the Chief Investment Officer for Dream Unlimited. Lindsay is one of the youngest senior leaders in the Canadian real estate industry. And looking at Lindsay's LinkedIn profile, she's really had one of the fastest career progression in the industry. Welcome to the forecast, Lindsay. So we wanted to start off the conversation by focusing on career and how exactly you got to where you are right now. Um, later, we want to segue into the more personal stuff outside the office so we can get to know Lindsay on a, another level. Uh, so, Lindsay, why don't you start off by telling us um, a little bit about your career path so far? Sure. So, um, I guess it dates back to school. Um, school always plays a role. So, I did my undergrad at Ivy. Um, and Ivy was an awesome place. Um, I would say when it came time for recruiting, everything was sort of investment banking or consulting. Um, and I didn't really feel like I fit into the investment banking or the consulting space. Uh, I grew up in, I guess, a real estate family. My father's always been involved in real estate, um, very different than me. Um, I'd say I'm corporate real estate and he's more of a, one-man show uh, real estate, but I had, I could relate to real estate. I liked the product. I liked that you could see it, you could touch it, you could feel it, you could visualize it. Um, So when I went through the recruiting process um, at Ivy, I got a job at CIBC in their corporate development group, which is essentially mergers and acquisitions for the bank. And again, we were looking at buying banks and I didn't really relate to how to value a bank or buy a bank, but um, I loved being in the corporate world and I really liked the people I was working with. Um, Fast forward, I did my last year in Spain while everybody was interviewing and making sure that they had a job. I think I was having a really great time (laughs) enjoying my life. And then it was time to come home and I realized realized that... um, I also needed to work. Uh, I went back to CIBC to corporate development. I had this amazing boss and mentor um, who I still keep in touch with. His name is Dill Graywall. And he said, why don't you come back and help out? And, you know, there's a lot of opportunities within the bank. We'll help you move to the real estate side. So I went back to Corp Dev. And after about a year, I moved internally at CIBC to their real estate lending group. It was an unbelievable entry into the real estate market for a few reasons. One, I got to meet through our clients, a bunch of different industry players. Um, And also working on the banking side, I saw sort of the most conservative view of how you looked at real estate. I knew that wasn't the real estate I wanted to do. Um, I I really liked the buy side. I I did love acquisitions um, and I wanted to do acquisitions of real estate, but this was a really great opportunity to get my feet wet. Um, So I was at CIBC in real estate and 
there's this organization called GEMS, which still exists today. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what it stands for? I wish I could I tell know. you. I don't actually know if it's an acronym for anything. Yeah. I, th- I actually think it is, but I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Anyways, it's this. Great real estate. It, yes, it's great yeah, real, real estate lines. lines. Yeah. You are correct. <laughs> so um, at the time, my friend was was running Gems, and there was a posting from um, Dream Office, because Dream Unlimited wasn't a public company at the time, and it was for their research and analysis group. And she said, you should apply. This is what you want to do. It's acquisitions. And I said, I am so not the girl for research and analysis. Absolutely not. I'm not applying. She's like, trust me, it's acquisitions. Finally, I applied, I got the job, and that's probably almost 10 years ago, and I've been a dream ever since. Um, I would say my career track, I guess I really devote to dream. Mm-hmm. Um, since I joined Dream, as I mentioned, it was just Dream Office. It went from being Dream Office to five public companies. It's now Office, Industrial, Global. Uh, Dream Alternatives Trust and Dream Unlimited. So mm-hmm. I've been here for 10 years at a time where the company has grown an insane amount. Right. And throughout that time, I've put my hand up to participate in many different areas of that growth. So I started in office. I then joined global and did acquisitions in global. Um, I went back to school to Columbia to do my master's. When I mm-hmm. came back, Dream Alternatives was just launching. So mm-hmm. I spent about two years sort of overseeing dream alternatives and working through all those investments. And then I was promoted to the chief investment officer. And now I oversee investments for, for multiple dream entities. So that's my career in a very small nutshell. Um, There are a lot of people obviously who had influence along the way, but yeah. So I think as a, as a millennial kid, can I say you're a millennial? Yeah, I guess I, <laughs> I don't even know the true definition of a millennial, but yeah, I feel so, like I'm on the tail end maybe of where it started. Yeah, so I think it's pretty rare for a millennial these days to stay at one company for 10 years because I think what we, we grew up in kind of a culture and environment that we are taught that you need to always look for the you know the new opportunities, what's next, and, uh, and also... Being in the real estate industry, there's constant opportunity presented. I'm sure you've been called by other other firms, other recruiters, and presenting you with like, you know, better pay, better salary, a higher title. So what made you stay so loyal to Dream and then stayed along this whole journey for 10 years? Yeah, that's a that's interesting. So if I if I think about my friends. I would agree. Most of them have probably changed jobs a minimum of three times um, since we've graduated. And then maybe there's the odd lawyer who's stayed loyal to their job, too, because I think that's just the way a law firm works if you want to become a partner. But I would argue that I've kind of changed jobs. I've just changed jobs at the same company. So I've stayed loyal to Dream, but Dream has presented me with different opportunities. So as I mentioned, um, I worked for Dream Office, which was within Canada. And then I moved internally to Dream Global, but that was a whole new experience. It was buying buildings in Germany. So it was Mm -hmm. a whole new market. Um, 
doing dream alternatives is also within the dream family, but it was working through a lot of broken investments. So Mm -hmm. it was something totally different. So I think part of what keeps me here is that dream has afforded me a lot of different opportunities to keep me stimulated, learning, growing, and trying new things. Um, I think that's what's also, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on Michael, but Michael, who's the CEO and the founder of all of these companies, um, he's, he's a champion of young people and giving people responsibility. And he's been a huge champion of mine. He's given me a ton of responsibility and a ton of opportunity. And I think he wants you to stay happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that means switching it up and doing something different, um, that's part of the game, right? I, I can't say I've been doing the same thing for 10 years. Right. I've okay. just been doing it at the same place. Right. So in the, in the recent years, I would say the real estate industry, from a talent demographic standpoint, is getting pretty competitive. So before, um, I guess like 10 or 20 years ago, for the for the for fresh graduate, commerce graduate, they're thinking about investment banking, consulting, but now real estate is on a lot of people's mind. So there's a lot, there's no lack of talent in this industry. And you obviously had a pretty successful career track. What do you think that's differentiated you from your peers? I think for starters, I didn't want to do investment banking and consulting <laughs> at a time where that's what honestly everybody in my graduating class was basically doing. It was okay. IB consulting. And then I'd say there was also a huge push for marketing. Okay. Um, there was no real estate recruiting at the time. At the time. Okay. Um, there was no recruiting on site. And mm-hmm. I, I think it was very rare to get a real estate job out of mm-hmm. school the way it is now. I mean, right. I know Dream specifically today does recruit on campuses mm-hmm. and we do have a program, a rotational program. So I think part of what differentiated me was also there was just a smaller group of people going after mm-hmm. the real estate industry. It wasn't as main, mm-hmm. say. Um, and I guess an obvious is historically um it's been a male dominated industry um and i'm not male (laughs) so i think there were less today it's amazing there's tons of females in the industry Mm -hmm. and i've seen a huge shift but um if i think about my friends or the people i knew in the industry when Mm -hmm. i started i can think of two other girls that i was friends with that were in real estate Mm -hmm. okay interesting yeah So you mentioned that you do have a master's degree, and maybe this also plays into differentiating yourself from the pack. It's it's something that I've personally thought about time and time again, and I want to know your thoughts on continuing education and if you actually do think that it's helped you excel in your career by going out and getting that MBA. My MBA was for me. Um, I love school. I've always loved school. And I always knew I wanted to pursue a higher degree of education when I finished my undergrad. So for me, it was personal. Mm -hmm. I think that a higher education past undergrad is situational for people. If you are in banking and you want to switch um, industries, an MBA gives you the opportunity to revisit that sort of general business um, landscape and decide mm-hmm. what might be interesting for you. Or if you're in architecture and you want to go into real estate, I see 
why a lot of people go to the program that I went to, to switch from sort of the design and the creative side to the business side of it and learn the business side of it. So I think that um, doing more education depends on what you're looking for. I am personally not a believer and I don't like to give advice because I think to each their own, but I am personally not a believer that just because you have an MBA, you're going to do better. You're going to make more money or just because you have a CFA, you're going to be better off. There's, actually a lot of people at dream that go for their CFA and I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't see what the appeal is. I don't, if you want to stay in real estate, I don't know why a CFA might help you, but if it's something that makes you feel good or it's something you've always dreamed of getting, um, or there's something about it that just speaks to you, then you should go for it. Um, but I would say 15 years ago, very few people had MBAs today. Most people do. Right. Kind of. Yeah. So I think if there's a reason that makes sense for you, then it's definitely worthwhile. Um, I would totally love to do an executive program eventually, but it's also to learn how education has changed and to see how things are different and learn. What I liked the most about doing my master's was you learn a lot more from people in the room and their experiences as opposed to a textbook and teachers. Um, So for me, I think I took from people and relationships and other people's experiences as opposed to a case study, the same way that you gain from a case study in your undergrad. Right. Interesting. So um, mentorship, you touched upon a little bit about Michael and, and mentioned that he has been a champion of yours. How do you think, it's a bit of a cliche topic, um, that how do you find a mentor? And also, how do you gain, you know, the mentor's trust and then turn him from a mentor into your personal, uh, your champion in the, in, the, in the workforce? I think that's a really interesting question because I would say since being at Dream, I've been connected with, let's say, other women in the industry yeah. um, who I think someone connected me with, so-and-so would be a great mentor for you. Mm-hmm. Um I don't really look at a mentor that way. Like Mm -hmm. so-and-so was a great person to have coffee with, or they were a great person to ask something specifically to, or I'm happy to reach out to them and keep in touch with them and Mm -hmm. bounce ideas off of them. But for me personally, my mentors, they're Mm relationship-based. Like someone didn't connect Michael and I. Um, I worked for Michael. We created a relationship. We get along and there's a mutual understanding of one another. So I think he naturally became a mentor of mine because he understands who I am as a person and the direction in which I'm going. Um, My father is also a mentor of mine, um, I guess, because I'm his daughter. We have a lot more in common, but also for the industry, he he supported me in a way and understood what I was looking for. Another person that I would consider a friend and a mentor is Jane Gavin, who's Mm -hmm. a dream. And she's, she's a mentor on a different level, like definitely from a career perspective, but also on a personal level, like Mm -hmm. as a woman, I connected with her and we relate and we have a nice friendship. So I think it's interesting when you say, how do you find a mentor? To me, you probably don't even realize that they're your mentor because they're your friend or they're your boss or they're somebody in your life. But to me, it's someone that you, you have a relationship with, you naturally trust them because you've created that relationship with them Mm -hmm. and they serve a purpose in your life 
in a way that they're guiding you or providing you advice. But I don't, I personally don't think you sign up for one. Yeah. So it's more organic. Yes, organic of, is a good term. Instead of going up to hundred percent. Like, Can you be my mentor? Exactly. But a lot of people set it up as like, we're hosting a, men- a, a mentee program yeah. or whatever. And it's like, it's more like speed dating yeah. to learn about what they're doing, which is great. And it's great to have those relationships. But to me, that's networking. Mm-hmm. A true mentor is like, in my eyes, it's an organic relationship that kind of serves both people on a deeper level that you understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that is true. And a lot of people around you can be mentors. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, someone at a at in a working environment. It could be a friend. And uh, yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Now that you are the chief investment officer at Dream, one of the most senior roles in the company, um, do you think that there is, in fact, a glass ceiling as a female? Um. Well, one, I'm about to have a baby, and I think that this is part of my homework and my thinking for my maternity leave, so I don't know if I have the best answer right now. Do I think there's a glass ceiling? No. I think that you are the creator of your own glass ceiling. So there may be a glass ceiling at certain organizations. Um, I keep picking on banks or investment banks, but (laughs) every three years you're an analyst, a director, a managing director, right? Like Mm -hmm. they they follow a specific hierarchy and and that's sort of how they run their business. So I guess in some capacity you get to the top, Mm -hmm. but I still think when you're at the top, you have the ability to create a new business or expand the business or grow it in different places. So the glass ceiling may be in the title, but I don't think there's a glass ceiling in your career or your role or what you can contribute to that organization. Um, And then when I say you create your own glass ceiling, it's, it's just a matter of kind of who you want to be and where you want to go next. Right. So I'd say at dream, no, there is no glass ceiling because Michael's always up for a new adventure. Right. So if you have that idea and, and it's convincing and it's great, he's on board. Um, but I think it's kind of what you make of it. I don't know if that's the perfect answer. but It seems like it's kind of you determine whether or not this organization is the right one for you. And it either limits your growth and there is a glass ceiling or... Or you move on, yeah, you right? Move on and, and there's things... I think some people stay corporate and eventually they become entrepreneurs, right? So is it a glass ceiling that caused them to go there? I don't think so. I just think it's a change of wanting, you've sort of lived your corporate life and you want to do something different, um, different challenges. Yeah, and I think glass ceiling probably exists um, before definitely in the corporate world, but it's definitely changing as well. While the three of us are sitting in this room having a conversation, and we're all in commercial real estate. hundred percent. So I think it's a step-by-step process. Um, and we will, I hope, in the, the next <laughs> 10 years, the next three girls sitting in a room talking about this, that wouldn't even be a topic because it doesn't exist. Yeah, so that's, that's, the goal. That, that's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Okay, now let's transition the conversation to, uh, to talk a little bit of your life outside of the office and talk about the fun stuff. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you are expecting and for those listeners uh, and people who are not in the room with us right now, Lindsay is very pregnant. Um, She is also a mother of twins and is uh, expecting her third baby in the next couple of weeks. So um, how exactly has your life changed since starting a family? 
drastically. <laughs> um, oh, in so many ways. Uh, I guess I have a young family. That's how I would start it. That's how I would preface it. I'm, I have um, two twin girls that will be two next month in November. Um, and I'm expecting my third in November. So I'll have three kids under two. I think when you have, and again, everybody has a setup that works for them. For me, with a young family, um, I needed to find something that has still allowed me to continue my career, but I also wanted to be an involved mom. Mm -hmm. um, being a stay-at-home mom wasn't an option for me because I I am my best self when I am working and I am busy and I am stimulated and I'm thinking. So I needed to find something that allowed me to be my best self because I think being my best self makes me a better mom. Um, my life has changed drastically in the sense that I am not, I'm not in control of my schedule anymore. I think that's how I would summarize it. Mm -hmm. um, pre babies, I worked a lot. I traveled a lot. I love to see the world. Um, and I know I still will see the world. It will just be like in 10 years from now. Um, today, it's more about balancing, not balancing, but finding a schedule that works for me. So I still work full time. Um, I leave earlier than I used to, but I don't think I work any less than I used to. I just think I work differently. So I like to be home every night at the end of the day. I like to spend an hour with my kids before they go to bed. I really like to put them to bed. Um, and I have no problem getting online after they go to bed. Um, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I wish I could say I had a busier social life, but it's been, I'd say that's the, one of the biggest sacrifices is I go to less work events. I go to less industry events. That's a choice I've made. It's not mm -hmm. that I can't go. Those are the things I've chosen to sacrifice in the meantime so that I can be a working mom, but also spend time with my family. Um, everybody has a different routine or, mm -hmm. or commitment that works for them. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride, but mm -hmm. I would say it's not impossible. Right. So what does your day-to-day -day life look like now? <laughs> if you can break it down. Sure. Because I feel up. like <laughs> for me, it's already difficult enough to manage one person's schedule. <laughs> and uh, you have uh, soon to be I know. Three. That's how I felt when I first <laughs> yeah. got married. It was like managing a husband, but then it became managing kids and a husband. Um I've definitely made sacrifices, um, especially being pregnant right now. I guess the one biggest thing that's not a part of my life right now is fitness. Mm -hmm. That is normally a big part of my life. So I will have to rejig my schedule to put fitness back in my life after this pregnancy. But I wake up, I probably have about 30 minutes with the twins in the morning, give them their bottles and hang out with them. And then I get ready for work. I try to be out the door before eight o'clock, mainly just because traffic gets worse. Um, and the twins are also worse behaved when I'm around. So I think the sooner I'm out the door, the better, the easier they are to get to school. Um, I'm very fortunate to have help at home. So that allows me to get out the door and mm -hmm. to, to focus at work. Uh, I'd say I'm usually in the office on average until about five o'clock or just after five o'clock. Mm -hmm. I like to get home and spend about an hour, an hour and a half with the twins and get them ready for bed. And then I'm either... I'd say three nights a week I'm working after I put the twins to bed mm -hmm. and two nights a week 
I try to get out. So either a date night with my husband or go out with friends on the weekends or just a girl's dinner during the week. Mm -hmm. Um, just something to do, um, get out. I mean, it changes a lot with where your kids are at in life. So I'd say I took a very short mat leave. I came back to work when the twins were five and a half months. My life was not that stable at that time. And I did not have a routine that worked like that. It took me a while to get here. So I think that's ever changing. Um, my goal, I guess, after I have this baby is to reintroduce fitness, as I mentioned, because I think it's super important for my mental health. Um, and that's something that I'd like to do for myself. Right. And I think it's important to have things for yourself. But yes, I would say that that average schedule, it took a long time to get to it. And I'm about to turn it upside down again. <laughs> so if you ask me in a month from now, it won't look like that. <laughs> So I guess you've spoken a little bit about work-life balance and how you're trying to fit fitness back into your schedule. Are there any other things that you really enjoyed before having children that you've had to rework or learn how to integrate back into your life? I'd say the biggest thing that stands out to me is traveling. Um, my whole life I've loved to travel and I've taken every opportunity to, I went on exchange, I went away to school in New York. Um, when I was at New York, there was an opportunity to do a program abroad for two weeks. Um, I did mine in Brazil. Like I've always taken every opportunity there is to see another part of the world and see it. So that's for sure been a big thing for me. Um, I haven't gone very far since having kids. It took me a while to work up the courage to go um, and leave them home. And then that courage only is for me personally, I can do like two to three days. That's kind of my comfort zone right now. And so you can't get that far for two to three days. So I think that my goals or my desires of wanting to go to India and, um, Alaska, and I could give you my whole bucket list of so many places. I think they're on hold. Um, one, until I feel like I'm in a place where I can go and enjoy it and feel comfortable, but it's not something that I won't ever do again. I know I will. It's just not now. And I think that I've incorporated getting away because it's important to me. Um, they're just smaller trips. So a trip to New York, um, this year, my husband and I, he's never been to London, mm -hmm. and I hadn't been to Europe in a really long time, so we went to London for four days, um, and it felt good to leave North America. So I think it's baby steps, and, you know, every every new mom gets there with, in time when they're comfortable, but it took me a year, definitely, to go away together as a couple. Um, I'll travel for work, knowing my husband's home, but that's been one thing that I feel like has has changed a lot that I've had to let go of and I know I hope to come back to it at a different point or a different time and uh, what are your thoughts on the notion of uh, the so-called having it all because I feel like for some of our listener who are you know young young women and they look at you Lindsay you know she's young she's she has three kids she did her MBA and she had a successful career and now she's the chief investment officer at a large very large real estate company so on this, from the outside looking at you, I think some of us would be like, oh, Lindsay seems to have it all. What's your take on that? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess what you don't see is like 
I'm stressed. I'm stressed yeah. all the time. And yeah. I'm, I always laugh at work. Like I feel like I enter every single meeting, like I'm Kramer. Like I'm always just like, <laughs> just made it in time or two minutes late. Or I've like, to be totally honest, I've not showered my hair in four or five days. Like nobody has it all. Yeah. Um, I think people have what they want to have. So I want to have a career. I want to be present for my children. So I've made other sacrifices. I don't see my friends as much as I used to, Mm -hmm. or I don't work out Mm -hmm. five times a week. Like I used to work out or I don't eat healthy or pack my lunch. Like Mm -hmm. these are small examples, but I don't, nobody has it all. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you have your priorities and you do your best to pick what you can manage. Um, and it's not easy, like, Mm -hmm. um, but it's what I want. Like I choose it, right? Like I'm not complaining. I I prefer to have my career and, and the mom life that I have Mm -hmm. than having everything, um, Mm -hmm. or it all. So I don't think anybody has it all. I think that it always looks rosier on social media. Um, or in conversation, yeah, yeah. like or literally. To the <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean that I yeah. didn't cry two days ago feeling yeah. overwhelmed, or you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I, I also order a lot of things online. <laughs> that, that, that's how Amazon. Amazon has been kind to me, and it's made it's honestly made my life a lot easier. It's it's not even like a joke. It's I just I don't the things that I used to go to a store for. That's just, I don't have time to go anywhere at all. So I definitely order everything online. Um, So there are small things that you, you sacrifice to what Mm -hmm. might, it might used to be relaxing to go to a store, but no, it's not anymore. So I just (laughs) find another way to do it. I'm going to ask you my favorite question. Um, If you could tell your younger self three things right now, what would they be? I can definitely think of one (laughs) obvious to me and it would be like slow down. Um, I think, uh, so I'm obviously a very type a personality and a go-getter and I set high goals for myself. And I think I, or I wish I knew when I was on exchange in Spain or when I was at Ivy that if I didn't have the perfect job or I didn't have it all organized, it would be okay. Mm-hmm. If there was a six month lull between when I graduated in Spain and came home and I took that six months to enjoy the world or to work away or do something, I probably could still be sitting in this exact same chair today. Mm-hmm. Um, but in those moments, I felt pressures from business school, from life, from who I was as a person and from goals I set for myself. So I wish I could go backwards and say, slow down. Like it's okay to take a two week vacation. Your job will survive. You won't be frowned upon, you know, like Mm -hmm. I I think we take ourselves very seriously often. And there are many times I wish I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had other experiences. So that would be one. Two would be, I'd probably say almost to be kinder and bite your tongue because you never know when you cross paths or you meet again. Mm-hmm. That's actually um, a pretty good one, I think. <laughs> I think about people that I've come across in in business or in my personal life 
on different terms, either as a new mom in a mom mm-hmm. group or at a lunch and learn or a breakfast for real estate or just like somewhere random. Mm-hmm. And in university, I would have thought we would never cross paths again mm-hmm. or we're not friends and we will never be friends. So I think when you don't know, when you're your younger self, you don't know who's part of your life as an older self. So I probably would have been kinder to Mm -hmm. some, but also just quieter in some situations. Not that Mm -hmm. you should not, I don't mean about not speaking up, but just sometimes biting your tongue. Um, I thought about that. And my third would be, fuck what everyone else is doing. Like, do you? I hate social media personally. I -hmm. I do have Instagram. I've never had Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, I still go on Instagram. It's a total waste of time, but it's entertaining or it's distracting. I, I fear, I definitely fear a little bit for the world that people and my children specifically will live in and the pressures and stuff that it creates because everybody can see what everyone's doing and everybody knows what everyone's doing. Mm -hmm. And I just think it makes it that much harder to just do you um, and not compare yourself to others. So I guess if I have one goal for my children, it's to just can instill in them that they are who they are and that's good enough and to have confidence in being independent and and what works for them and not everybody else because I think we definitely live in a world today where like you said you have it all or this or that but you don't like it's just a perception that's being created because we all have access to each other's lives in a way that we didn't that they that I don't think used to exist yeah so those would probably be my three those would be my three those are very good advice (laughs) And uh, so, so Lindsay, to wrap up, um, what's next for you? What's next? Uh, giving birth, literally. Um, I'd like to finish having a family and creating a home and a, an environment where it's, it's safe for little people to grow up and um, I can encourage them to have dreams and goals and aspirations the way I've had for my entire life. As it relates to my career, um, I'm going to continue to give it my all. I'd like to continue to be challenged and and try new things and gain new skills. Um, I haven't set my goal for 10 years from now, let's say, but I know it will be big and I know it will be an awesome adventure and I look forward to the ride. Lindsay, thank you so much for taking the time today. And also thank you so much for being so authentic and truthful. And uh, with your answer, it's been a very inspiring morning for me. Thank you for having me. I've um, never done a podcast or a recording, um, Uh but this was fun. You guys are doing great things. And I'm excited to listen to the series, probably not myself, but other people. Um, And I I think you're you're sharing a good side and there's something nice about not having a photo or an image attached to it and letting people create sort of their own imagination or just focus on the words um, in the story. I think that's pretty cool. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to the forecast. Forecast is part of the future of real estate association. Be sure to visit fortoronto.com, that is F-O-R-E toronto.com, 
to check out our upcoming events and subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed our episode today, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. See you at the next episode.